Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. This is like a special Friday edition because I wanted to bring together both the team aspect of triathlon and the friendship part of triathlon and to show you how, yeah, to show you how when you become a part of a team in a community, some of your best friends can come out of that and become your friend tribe. And so I wanted to be able to show you the power of not just being a part of a triathlon team, but a power, the power in having a friendship group where you start to do everything together. Now, this friendship group, I kind of know them. I work out with them. They're pretty cool people. And um, it's an honor to watch how they flow as friends, how they work out as friends, how they train with each other, even when they may not, or when one of them may not be racing, they're still there to train with each other on Saturdays and going for long runs and making sure that their friend is ready for that marathon or that half marathon or for that triathlon. This group pretty much does a lot together. And I think they have friendship roles. Like one of them might be the coordinator or the other one might be the spokesperson. And the other one, they just may have to wrangle together because they could be notoriously late. I I can't speak the truth. I just don't know. But all friends, we know we have our role to play. And in this group, this group of awesome people, they know how to do friendship well, but they also know how to keep each other motivated. Most importantly, they definitely know how to try. So I get the esteemed pleasure of welcoming to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, Miss Brittany Green. Miss Sarah Truitt, who you do know from being on the podcast previously, and Mr. Jason Gibson. Welcome to the Tribe Beginners Luck Podcast family. How y'all doing? We're going to hit the uh, Jason Derulo. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> I almost, I went, my mind went a little blank. In true transparency, I want to share with you, my voice is a little hoarse. Because I literally just got back from the Celebration Bowl where the Florida Agricultural Mechanical University Rattlers beat the Howard Bison. Hashtag. And it's so interesting how Jason and I both have on orange and green. Not planned. Not planned. And so that's why. It just works that way. It just works out. And Mm -hmm. so my entire, um, I'm not at 100%, but I know I can be there. And I know because of you guys giving me good energy, we will be. But I spent the whole weekend partying and and yelling for my team. And it was great. And I would do it again as long as they win. They win. Right. <laughs> as long as they win. So how y'all doing today? Good. I'm curious who you thought was which which role. <clears throat> so what I realized is um, Brittany is the spokesperson. So... Is- we were talking before you guys got on and and, and it, it changes up so like for this specific thing 
I have been like, guys, let's make sure we have X, Y, and Z. But if there's a race like Ironman Maryland, like Sarah's the one like, where's your training plan? Or like Jason's like, are you eating? So like it varies, I think. But for this, for this one, it was me. <laughs> okay. Kind of like this one really did, I think, dovetail with Brittany's work persona mm -hmm. as well. And she's like, all right, let's coordinate another call. Let's get this done. Um, so it, it really, she took over that one easily. That I was love her. it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I can see Sarah being the one about the training because that's who she is just in general. So it's just really good to see this dynamic. So let's, let's get right into it. You all were all a part of a triathlon group, district triathlon. Is that where you all met each other and were you friends previously? Like, I would love to know the story of how this th group came together. Do you guys have a formal name? What do you call yourselves? Like, I want to know all the tea. <laughs> Go ahead, we have a name. You yeah. have a name? We can't use that name anymore. <laughs> no, there was a name that we raced under, but, you know, just a general, just a general thruple of, of triathlon. A general thruple of triathlon? Exactly. Uh, mm, let me sip some um, tea to that. I, I feel think like that's not the truth. I'm thruple. <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> okay. But I, we definitely did meet through District Triathlon. Um, and we laugh all the time about the fact that we met just a handful of years ago. And, but, it, you know, we have gotten so close and talked to each other so often and are such important parts of each other's lives and it's like wow I didn't know them when I got married like why weren't y'all at my wedding oh, that's right I didn't know who you were uh, <laughs> you know those things have just evolved on a much faster course and I think that just happens with adults you're like hey I like you you're my friend and we're just gonna go from there yeah yes. sometimes pictures will show up from like years before we were like close but knew each other in district try and we'll be like in the same picture but like i know i didn't talk to you at this event like <laughs> i didn't even remember you being at this event <laughs> and what's actually funny Brittany and i we had through district try we were i think it was a um some kind of miami it was a run that like a relay race that was coming down the Sino canal and District Tri was helping to uh, support and just be like at some of the markers as runners were coming through. And she and I were at this one isolated place up the CNO Canal, like 20 miles outside of DC. And we had the 2 a.m. to like 6 a.m. shift. And that's how we met. And, you know, we didn't know each other. She didn't know how goofy I was. She didn't know we didn't know each other at all. Um, and so that night of just, all right, we're sitting in the middle of the dark trying to wait for runners to come by, making sure we don't get kidnapped and, you know, whatever may happen, let us stray into some of the woods of the of Potomac River. And then a year later, we're much closer friends. Three years later, we're best of friends. I think it all, though, if I think about like a specific thing, it was like, I think Sarah had, was doing like a January running streak and Jason and I were the ones that were like, yeah, we'll do it. And then we just started. It, so that was like, kind of like what started, what brought us all together, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So a running street challenge brought you guys all together and it's been, un you've been inseparable since. We've been on a streak since. <laughs> As some people say, where there's one, there's all. <laughs> and where there's not one, that one is being Photoshopped in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I love that it doesn't take long to Jason's point, because like you say, Hey, we're adults. We know what we like. We know what we want, but most importantly, you guys committed to each other. And I love the fact that you are there. So let's just get into your stories about how you got into triathlon. Cause we want to share with people like your story. So we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Sarah. Give us a quick high level. Cause you know, Sarah, you've heard Sarah's story before. So Sarah, give us maybe some new details that we don't know that you haven't shared before. And then we'll go to uh, Jason and or Brittany. Well, I don't know if there's any new details, but the really quick synopsis of it is my dad got into tries when I was in college. Um, and when I was in college, I actually tried really, really hard not to become a runner. I, I hated running in high school. That's why I played volleyball. And then of course I got into running in college. And then when my dad did tries, I got into tries too. Um, and then I think this kind of relates to like some things that have been coming up recently, but then I use tries as a way to make friends and like build a community as an adult. Cause it can be so hard without like a thing that brings people together. Um, so that's when I started joining, um, district try, um, 50%, 25% for the triathlon part of it and 75% to, to make some friends and build a community. Um, and then fluctuating between tries and running, ever since. So I love what you said about you wanted to build community. One thing I say to some people is like, look, when you're an adult, you don't get to play in the sandbox where you are, you get to truly build that friendship over time, but you have to be intentional about how you build friendships and being in a space, you know, like a team is a good way to be intentional and build community of like-minded individuals. So, all right, Sarah, I like that. Uh, Brittany and or Jason. Well, I'll go. Um, so I got into triathlon, I guess it was 10 years ago. Um, you know, I didn't do any formal sports in college, um, not even in high school besides basketball. Um, but, you know, it was one of those, I like to stay active. I like to move around. I like to be outside. Um, and a friend of mine was training for uh, a half. Yeah, it was a Waterman's, the 70.3. And I was like, what's a triathlon? You know, I had a bicycle, so I would ride with them when they were doing their training rides, just because I was going to be riding my bike anyway, and just got more exposed to the sport um, and got curious. And I was like, okay, well, I know how to swim. I don't like to run, but you can't, at the time, I didn't know about relays. So I was like, well, if you're going to do two of them, you might as well do the third. And that was kind of of how it started um doing things individually training on my own for the first race that i did um which was in dc and then i saw district triathlon i was like oh look people um and it kind of pulled me into things because i am a very social person i like to be around people and especially for something like running which i don't primarily enjoy doing um doing it with somebody else are being, you know, peer pressured into it 
or just having a community to share the misery with uh, made it a lot easier. Um, and then you just kind of get into the rhythm of doing these activities and doing races and it kind of becomes part of your outlet for everyday life. All right, outlet. So you did your first relay and you did the running leg and we're pretty much hooked ever since. Did you know how to swim previously or did you have to kind of learn how to swim? No, I, I knew how to swim. Um, you know, my first race was an Olympic. Um, so I did it each leg myself. Um, and it was, you know, it was, what was it DC's um, Nations Triathlon? Mm -hmm. That's no longer. Um, but it was a great event and it was local, so I didn't have to commute. Um, and yeah, that was that was it. It's been downhill ever since. Or uphill? Eh, I would prefer flat <laughs> if you can give me a flat course. That's what I really enjoy. I love it. Rest in peace, and nation's track. Exactly. I know. I wonder. Well, there's always a possibility. Or else the DC <laughs> Listen, there's always a possibility that that race can come back, but I think it really did something special for the city and gave people an opportunity to learn, volunteer, participate in triathlon who might not have ever had an opportunity to. And I think at the time, Mayor Adrian Fenty, who is a triathlete, triathlete himself, really knew what this could do to energize the, 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 the city. Now, years forward we don't have the triathlon space or the race anymore but dc has taken on a different angle of having a lot of running events and mayor bowser does you know these 5ks just to get people engaged in them so maybe who knows what the next mayor will bring maybe it'll come back uh but to you know i can only imagine the fees that will be associated with having to shut the roads down the waterways, the waterways. so Maybe to come back. But Brittany, tell us your story. Um, I would say my story is I've always liked moving and like being active. Um, so I grew up ice skating and then started doing cross country um, and then returned to skating. I was just looking for something different after college. So I started doing, I started running, um, did my first half marathon, marathon, and then kind of just looking for the next thing. And then I ended up I would watch like when I was running, I would watch these motivational videos on YouTube and like part of the clips would be a triathlon person. Um, so that's kind of what planted the seed. And then I didn't know, like that was kind of my first exposure to it. So um, from there, I just was trying to find, how do I like, how do I get started? Um, which is how I found Nation's Try. I volunteered there. So I was like, at least I can just like be there <laughs> and then maybe I'll maybe I'll absorb something or like learn something um and then that's when I ran into um district try I was like oh there's a bunch of black people here too um <laughs> and then I just got connected from them and they kind of helped set the scene for me like starting my first try and then building up to longer distance I just mentioned that Brittany about you, you can learn you can volunteer and you just kind of fulfilled that statement of you volunteered, you learned, you saw district triathlon and you saw people who look like you. And you was like, hey, let me get after that. But you are like the epitome of non-traditional sports for people of color. 
like ice skater. Let's talk about this ice skating. Uh, because <laughs> I, of course, we know that there are black ice skaters, but I've seen your clips on YouTube, I mean, not YouTube, but Instagram, Instagram, where you are like twirling around. And I'm like, what? How? Like, like how did you? <laughs> right, right. So tell us about that, because I think there's some transferable skills that you were able to probably bring in from ice skating to triathlon. Um, yeah, so I, I, I would credit that a lot to my mom and my sister. Um, my mom was like, I remember over the summertime, she would like introduce us to all different new things as possible. So we would do a week of ballet, a week of horseback riding, a week of tap dancing, a week of ice skating. Um, and then I actually didn't like ice skating growing up, um, but I have a sister that's a year and 10 months older. So whatever she does is what I do. Um, so she really loved it. And then I just kind of been sticking with it ever since. Um, it was kind of like my first real sport. Um, and then I actually ended up working at an ice rink, a nonprofit that gets kids of minority um, into ice skating. So that was kind of like my way of full circle moment of giving it back. But I personally really like the fact that I think the thing that I transferred from ice skating to triathlon was probably just the, you have to, you have to keep at something to get it. Um, you're going to be bad at things <laughs> more often than not. Um, and the power of asking questions. I think I, I, I love asking questions or like, I feel like not having that fear of like asking a question or not feeling like you're going to feel stupid, but if you ask it, then you'll always find that next step and that next thing. Hashtag Brittany bringing the knowledge. Yes, you will be bad at things, right? Like you can't assume that you're going to come into sport and just knock it out all the time. But I appreciate that approach because a lot of times when people have a bad race or they have a bad training block, they want to put it down and not keep going. And they don't know what the, what's on the other side of that bad day the potential that could come out of it. So I appreciate you saying that. And then asking questions. Mm -hmm. I think asking questions is important. Hence, hashtag plug. We're starting a new segment, Ask a Coach. So if you have questions, click that link in the uh, little show notes so that you can ask questions because sometimes you may not have access to a coach and you need to know. And so the more you ask people, the more you can know so that you can go further, longer, and harder. Now, you guys, this particular group, you guys have done all ranges of races from sprints to the full distance Ironman. Let's talk about your journeys and the actual first race. If you can go back to that very, well, Jason's already putting his head down. And then Brittany is like, oh gosh, do I have to relive this moment? Yes, you do. Yes, yes, and yes. So that first race, you've told us which race it was. You told us how you got your start, but you neglected to tell us the details in which we needed. What was the swim like? What was the bike like? What was transitions like? What was the run like? And what was the feeling you got when you crossed the finish line for the very first time? I'll let one of you all go first. Oh, you oh. <laughs> Um, I did Rumpus and Bumpus as my first, right? Um, 
And something I did that I would highly not recommend for anybody is the first time I ever swam in open water was race day. Um, and I stuck my face in that water and I was like, oh shit, I can't see <laughs> because you swim in a pool and you can, you're used to seeing everything. And then, um, spoiler alert, every waterway in the DMV area is murky as hell. So you stick your face in it and you can't see your hand in front of your face. Um, so the swim was, I think, I mean, it's like kind of, I think the standard practice, like you survive the swim, you get out, you're tired. The bike was okay. I'm never great at the bike. And then the run was one of those things where you're like, I've, I've made it this far. Like I can do a 5k. Um, I think another funny thing I remembered about that first race was the gear. When you first start, um, I didn't have a, like a tri kit or anything, but I had like a, like one cycling singlet, like the one I always wore when I would ride and cycling shorts, but I wanted it to be like a one piece. And I was concerned about the fitting of it. Cause like it, this was 2011. So I don't even think there were that many like stores that sold triathlon stuff. So like I was really scrounging around for stuff. So like the top was like a little too small. The shorts were like a little funky. So I like had to um, safety pin the top to the bottoms so that that the top wouldn't like ride all the way up um it was just a real hodgepodge but I finished it that's interesting I'm I'm wondering did you have any chafing where those pins were well not too long because the sprint is very short but wasn't uncomfortable at all I think I was just so uncomfortable the whole time like period um I don't think I paid attention a whole lot to that because I was just trying Mm. to survive and make it. But yeah, everything about it was uncomfortable. (laughs) It's the creativity. We make triathletes know how to make things work for themselves. So look at you making your own singlet. Who would have known if you would have come out with a brand? This is how I started. I created a singlet by safety pinning my top to my shorts. (laughs) Mm. I think I got that top at like TJ Maxx. By the grace of God, there was like one cycling top, which is why it was like a size too small. This is the only one that was there. That was there. Hey, we do what we got to do. All right. Brittany or Jason? Um, My first race was um, a triathlon I did at University of Maryland. And because I went to Maryland, I was like, oh, perfect. I'll, I'll be like in my element um, for my first race. And it was a pool. It was It was going to be a pool swim. Um, it was like in, I guess it was like March or something. It was super cold. So I was really hyped up. I don't know if Kevin, I think Kevin from district triathlon happened to be there, but the pool, the swim got canceled, um, because they didn't want to send us outside being wet. Um, so they, they canceled the swim. Um, so that part was disappointing. And then I remember now that I say this out loud, it actually makes no sense. I couldn't find my bike for the life of me. So mind you, I didn't even swim. So I, I don't know why I was confused, but there's a video my mom has. Like, <laughs> I like literally run back and forth, like not being able to find my bike. And I remember like watching a YouTube video saying like, lay something down and I had something and it did nothing. Um, But the bike was fine. And then the run, I just remember feeling like, whoa, like running afterwards. I thought I, thought I was going to be faster um after the bike and it it wasn't fast (laughs) also Brittany that does make sense that you couldn't find your bike I could picture that very clearly (laughs) I mean the video 
very embarrassing, but you know. <laughs> Interesting. So you weren't. I, even... I would like to see this video, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like no swim. So you're like you're not delirious yet, and then you're like, hmm, maybe it was nervous. Were you nervous? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, definitely nervous. That's definitely what it was. It was nervous. It was you know first race. Okay. Now, Jason, you were very dramatic about the thought of talking about your first and I know it feels like it was traumatic and if you don't want to it wasn't traumatic it was it was a there are several lessons you see him like learned (laughs) body language is giving you other no there were a lot of lessons learned from that race um you know it was it was an olympic distance so the swim was in the potomac river um which I was fine with I had done a couple of open water training swims the month before because my wife is smarter than me and told me I had to do that. And when I first did the training swim, I had a panic attack. I was like, oh, this is different. And, you know, I'm very comfortable in water, but like Sarah was saying, not being able to see the bottom, not seeing that little black line that you've always trained with, it's just different. Um, So did the training swims, got to race day. And I know I was, I'm a good swimmer for a recreational thing, but I'd never done like, long distance swimming and so i was uh definitely going to be using a wetsuit um which for nations try you were allowed to depending on the weather and the temperature but you had to be the last group to go um to start your swim but i was clutching that thing like it was my charlie brown security blanket or or (laughs) i guess that's linus but yeah um and i did the swim fine did the bike fine until I got to halfway through the bike ride and I blew a tire on the 14th Street Bridge. And I thought I had everything I needed. I had little cartridges for CO2, I had extra tubes. I did not have the adapter to connect the CO2 to the actual tire. And so I'm just out on the middle of the bridge and don't know what to do, can't figure out how to change anything because I don't have the, all the tools and there was a guy who stopped and I can't remember his name now but he was actually training for the Paralympics that year because this was 2013 because um, he was a para- triathlete and he stopped to help me and he was like he needed the practice on changing a tire so he, just in case he was going to have that accident he was I think it was in London that year. Um, And so I've got this one-armed man who I've never met who is helping me replace my tire, put a new one on, get everything going. And I was just staying there, one, in awe, and two, slightly getting dehydrated because it's about noon in D.C. in August. Um, And yeah, that, that was my introduction to making sure you're properly prepared for these things. Um, And it also helped me, that was the community of triathlon in general. Um, You know, you help somebody regardless of what your race may be or what your plan may be, because at some point you're going to be on the receiving end of it. So there have been, there hasn't been a race since that I have not brought extra gear, extra food, extra tires, extra everything because somebody's going to need it 
And that's why Sarah is named Flex, because <laughs> uh, she had a similar experience at a race that we all did in 2019. I didn't where do it. she, along with half of Atlantic City, was getting flat tires. And because I had that experience, I had tubes to share with everybody. And I was prepared. I had three tubes in my bike and the bike tech made fun of me when he saw me put that many tubes in my bike and I ran through all of them. And then Jason still came up like my fairy godmother. He's like, I got more. <laughs> um, yep. It's interesting how sometimes our experiences cause us to go in the opposite direction of just being extra helpful and extra thoughtful because you never know who's going to be. And so I love how everyone on here has had a very different experience. And um, and now it's kind of helped to shape who you are a little bit and how you try and how you give back to sport there in, in your various ways. What I find interesting is None of your experiences scared you off, but it made you want to lean in a little bit more. So what was it about triathlon that said, hey, okay, I did this one. It might not have come out the way I wanted it to. It might not have given me the experience I thought I would have in my mind. What made you want to continue? I mean, I know personally, I am, I'm competitive with myself more than with others. Um, so I will find the imperfections in a race and either beat myself up over it or think about, will you stop nodding? Um, <laughs> or think about how I could do something differently for an outcome that I've desired. Um, you know, so I have yet to find a race that I've been totally happy with. You know, I've had good races. I've had things that I've enjoyed, but I've never been totally happy with the outcome or the the event of a of a race, whether it's a run or a triathlon. Is but I just got to keep doing it. So, is a perfectionist situation? Do you feel like you have you have perfection? Very much so. Very much so. Oh, okay. It's well, you know what terrible. they say: don't let perfection be the enemy of good. He does. He lets it do that. <laughs> um, mm, okay. Well, okay. We'll come back to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Give yourself some grace. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I try. And honestly, these two help me do that because they force me to accept what events happen or are not focus on the little things that might just irritate me. Um, mm -hmm about an outcome or a number per se. Um, so they they give me better perspective on a lot of it. That's what friends are for. I love that. All right. Anybody else want to add or contribute? Um, well, for me, it's, I, um, I'm very much a, like a checkbox person. Like, I think I keep coming back because there's always something harder that I can do in triathlon. Um, so that's, that's, that's my reasoning. Mm. That's good. Good stuff. Um, I think, yeah, like to Brittany's point, like what kept me coming back was trying like new distances. Um, 
I've never considered myself like very fast at any of them, but, but, but like being able to conquer a new distance made a new challenge that I knew I could meet. Um, and for a while, I never have, I like, I've had a love hate relationship with the actual races themselves. Like whether or not I like the training or I like the races I've fluctuated on in different times of my life about like, <clears throat> do I just like the training or do I like the races? So I just trained a race. Um, and so I think that's something that goes back and forth. Like for a while it was, I would do the races because I knew it would, I would train more consistently if I did races. Um, and so that was something that held me accountable. And then eventually that just kind of turned over more into like a lifestyle. And now it's less about the racing and more about just like constantly being in motion. Mm. New races, conquering new distances. And then Brittany, you like to check the boxes, but there were some boxes you might not have checked, especially when it comes to distances. Cause you went, this just tells you the athlete that she is. She went from sprint to Ironman. There was no Olympic in between. There was no half in between. That to me was astonishing when I found that out. So you, if you're a check the box person, how did those boxes in between get missed? So I wouldn't advise that route, but um, it, it worked. It worked for it worked for me because I didn't want to scare myself by doing something shorter and being like, "Whoa, a full is going to be super hard." So I kind of jumped, um, but also it took me a long time to make. I did a, I did the sprint, and then I think all of COVID those years I spent training. Um, to, to be able to do the full. Um, but I for me, it's checking a box because it's like triathlon. Like what is the hardest triathlon Ironman or like a long full distance? So that's kind of me why I say like checking the box that way. Okay. But still, that was a very unique approach. I want to do what scares me. Whereas most people are like, uh, excuse me, no, I want to gradually build up to it. So that, that just speaks to the different mindsets that people have. So I'm here for it. And, uh, is there a full Ironman in the works for the whole trio to do it together? Oh, look at these faces. <laughs> Although I did. Stop, are you going to stop the recording for this answer? <laughs> you know what happened? But the reason that I first signed up for Ironman was because a ship pigeonholed me into it in his podcast. He's ah. that into existence. Um. I'm going to answer for myself. I don't have any intentions of doing a full anytime soon, but I did say that if I was ever to do one again, I would at least want to be it with like the same type of like vibes and camaraderie and number of people as doing it as did Maryland when we did it. Um, that was like really nice to have that many people like you with us, like all training at the same time and like going through all that together and seeing that many people on course because you have to do so many to laps, you're going to see them all a few times. Because <laughs> um, like, to yeah, to Brittany's point of checking the box, like I can say I checked that box and I don't have any in need to revisit it anytime soon. It'd be nice to see maybe one day in the future, like could I have done it faster if we didn't get jellyfish poisoning? Maybe. Um, but if it was, it would be, yeah, like I, I probably wouldn't do it again unless like the three of us did it or a lot of people were doing it, but that's only my answer. Okay. I, I know 
I guess going back to my usual MO, I at one point I will do Maryland again only because I owe that course uh, some redemption, at least the swim part. <laughs> and so I, I, I will do that one again at some point. But I, I actually, I like the longer distances. Um, I think it's just a challenge of it that I like. Yeah. Not that I'm going to be record setting, but just the ability to do it. You know, it, and it's it's interesting and it's nice. You know, I came into triathlon. Uh, I think I, my first race, I was 34 um, years old. And so it's it's I like to continue to train just for my own health, um, but also because it's like, yeah, you know, we're some old guys out here still doing some things. Um, and so I, I like to be able to do that. Um, and it, it gives me a way to stay active for sure. What do you have to redeem from the swim, Jason? Oh, why, thank you for not asking that question, Rashonda. But thank you. Um, so my Iron, I did Ironman Maryland in 2018. And, you know, it's a 2.4 mile swim. Um, and, you know, the numbers for the rest. But there's an important aspect to swimming for an open water that is called sighting. And sighting is basically just making sure you're swimming in a straight line. And if by chance you get offline and have to correct, and then you overcorrect, and then you get offline again, you might have increased mileage. So like people who run marathons, there's a line sometimes that you can follow. It says, if you follow this line, you'll stick to a distance. You don't have one of those in the water. And <laughs> I did a very poor job of sighting. And so I did an extra 0.9 miles to my swim. And I almost got cut or pulled um, just for the time restraint. So whatever the time allotment was that I thought I was going to be and where you can be, I almost didn't make that. So, yeah, I got to do that one again. Um, I was wetsuit stripping that race. And I yes. just, it's such a shame we didn't know each other better. <laughs> yeah, that Sarah was volunteering that race. And we knew each other, but we didn't know each other well. So when it came to the part where you get out of the water and your people are helping you get the wetsuits off, I was completely delirious uh, getting out of the water because basically the last 500 meters, I was trying to sprint when I had nothing left because I knew I was that close to the cutoff. And so I get to the ground, I get to the dock and Sarah's like, Said, she said my name. I didn't hear it. They tell me to lay down. And I think she would have slapped me if she knew me better just Absolutely. to get me back into reality because I needed it. But thankfully, we didn't know each other that well, so she didn't slap me. <laughs> you guys have a lot of full circle moments of being on the course at the same time and not knowing each other. And so Sarah just mentioned that on Mike Ship's podcast, which is perfect timing, uh, multi-sport, um, that he kind of roped her into doing a race. And so Jason, redemption, what Whoa. about 10 year redemption, right? Like you've been in the sport for 10 years. Yeah. What about 2024, 45 ish? You should be like 44, 45. Oh, she hit you. Right so I yeah, think this. I feel in my shanana 
that <laughs> this is the year. Iron Man 2024. What do you say about that? Hey. Look at everybody leaning in. Lean in. Well, because Lean in. when it comes to races and peer pressure, and I am very vulnerable to the direct ask, which you've done so eloquently. <laughs> um, we'll see. Wow. It's not because it won't be 10 years because next year will be 11 for me. So that's even better. Eh, it's possible. Let's we, go. Let's go, Jason. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go, Jason. Let's go. Let me. I, I know the answer. Let me check with my wife first. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> and I know Aaron will say, of course, honey. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think that's the beauty of this, right? Like the beauty is that we can encourage each other. Brittany, did I come to you yet? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if we were just flowing with the conversation. Oh. I was, I was about to go somewhere, but then I was like, <laughs> I feel like Brittany wants to talk. So I want to like take a moment and just talk about your experience. And cause I think that that's important as well too. Um, what is it? Would I do another, would I do another track on? Definitely. I think at the time at that race, I was like hard pass, but, um, I think what it took for me to get there and for me to still kind of be in my head, I, I want to, I definitely want to go back, but with a faster bike, that's like my, I want to, I want to lean, mean missile bike, and then I'll do it again. But I also think I have a distorted view of how much training and like how much went into it because it was COVID and like we didn't have anything else and like work was remote. And I, I think that would be the part where I'd be like, oh, it's more challenging yeah. than Every yeah. once in a while, we'll all be like on a run or like doing something and be like, remember that time when we could have done like triple this and then like tomorrow we would have gotten up and like rid ridden our bikes for like six hours. I'm like who were those people? <laughs> Two flights of stairs. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting what your body can do and how quickly your body can get out of that type of shape mm -hmm. and how you have to rebuild. And I think sometimes the rebuild is harder than just staying consistently and being trained. But that's how it's in my life. Like that rebuild like is really to what you hmm? could do. I said, I think the rebuild is more challenging because you're like comparing to what you could do. Yeah. Like I'm being able to do this and yeah. feel this. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about barriers now. Cause I think, you know, we all have different barriers that we overcome just in life in general. So are there any barriers that you all have had to overcome to be a part of sport? Can't think of any barrier or obstacle, um, but kind of, branching off of what Brittany was just saying as far as finding the time. Um, triathlon can be very time consuming. Um, and and doing that, you know, at, at any age, um, it's you're gonna have to find the the hours or the days to make things possible. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I had a wife that encouraged me to find an outlet because if you keep me indoors too long I get very restless uh so that's why Brittany and Sarah have the custodial agreement they're responsible for me on the weekends 
because I have to be out of the house for a certain number of hours to uh, keep a happy home. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man is but, really good for marriage. Exactly. But He's the it's only one. one. Those, <laughs> it's one of those things where you have to, it wasn't an obstacle, but it was a fluid conversation of what days was I going to train? Um, or was I going to train in the morning or after work? Um, how did we carve out time to make sure that we spent time together at home that wasn't just, all right, let me come home, eat, do laundry, and go to bed. Um, so it wasn't an obstacle, but it was definitely something that you had to consciously think about and plan around um, to make sure that you know everything was where it should be. Priorities were still where they needed to be, um, but I was able to indulge myself with this extracurricular. So yeah, finding finding that rhythm um, with a spouse or with a partner um, is is something that is definitely a challenge. I think, near, oh, go ahead. Um, I was gonna say that yeah, what Jason said, time is it? It's it, it's expensive. Like you have versus one sport. There's like three sports that you're catering that you're catering to, um, and then also I think. I want to say this as a barrier, but something that I noticed that was in my mind, like being a black woman and being out there, like I'm thinking about my hair and I'm thinking about one of the things that like I had to stop doing was that if I was like too slow or if I was like behind, like I cannot embarrass us. <laughs> I don't have to be, I don't have, I don't have to, I don't have to be the voice in the face of all black women everywhere. Um, but that's kind of something that I think um, knowing that you're like usually one of only or one of a few is that you just kind of keep in mind. I was, I would echo time. I would echo money. Um, and then I think something I like kind of alluded to before is like my relationship with racing in terms of like mental health related, like sometimes races can just cause more anxiety than they're worth. Um, for me. And I think a lot of people I've had this conversation with of like, big races or races where you put a lot of pressure on yourself to do a certain time. Or I have, so like, I know some people who like would prefer to race and know that nobody that they know is there to see them do it. Um, and I think consistently trying to find that balance of like, what, where am I and how, like, what is the relationship I'm having with this race and this sport at this moment? Um, I know like we've talked Mashana before about like why I dropped out of New York. Like sometimes it's just more stressful and on your life than then it's adding to it and the whole point of doing like a sport specifically like running and triathlon is that it's supposed to add to your life and so when it's not I'm like reevaluating why absolutely I 100% agree with that like for those of you who are considering getting in sport if it's not adding value and joy you need to reevaluate your relationship because you want this to be lifelong right like triathlon is something you can do until you can't and uh, we, you have a lot of people who are doing it at 90 91 92 and so if you want to continue to move your body you may have different seasons where you might do running or just swimming or just biking but ultimately you want to be able to come back to the full triathlon and and I think you do have to reevaluate that because I've had that this year you know Sarah because we've had multiple conversations about you know got to find the joy and what does that look like for you and this individual? What I, I was thinking about when you were talking about how expensive sport is, is 
what are some ways and hacks that you all have gotten started with and made triathlon accessible for yourselves within a budget that has worked with you? Like, how have you tried within a budget? What has been some things that you can encourage other beginners to do or try to make this sport accessible, whether it's getting a particular bike or how to get bikes or, you know, how to make it work within a club and borrowing things from your teammates. What has some things that you guys have done to kind of eliminate that barrier? Because it is triathlon is a very resourceful, rich sport. And I know for me, I know how to try on a budget and may have made things so accessible for myself and just figuring out little ways and not being particular about buying used things, which in my previous life, I'd be like, what? Used? <laughs> no. Yes, please sign me up for used. So what are some ways that you guys have had to make the sport accessible for yourselves? And what hacks or tricks or advice you can apply for those who are wanting to try? Community is a huge one. I think sharing things. Um, so like different teams that you can be a part of, people will like go as far as borrowing bikes, borrowing shoes, borrowing gear, watches, that type of stuff. When you have a community of people, a lot of times you'll have people who are ambassadors who can give you discount codes to races. Um, like the more plugged in you are with people who do it, the more access to their resources you have. And there's only so many of the resources that need to be strictly on your own. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say like, getting to know people who are involved in it so you can mooch off of them. <laughs> <laughs> and to add to Sarah's point, that's also a good reason to be on a team because teams often have team discounts to a lot of the brands in which you can be in partnership with and try out the stuff to see if you like it before fully investing and saying, oh, this is going to be my brand for my kit, or this is going to be my nutrition only. You get to try out a bunch of different things with different codes so that you can get your feel for things okay mm -hmm. i would say uh just don't you don't have to chase the fancy big names of things um which is very tempting um and that's from not just the gear that you use or the supplements you use but the races themselves you know like we've all spoken about um iron man distance races there are several other companies and, and races that go on beyond that brand that give you a fantastic race, fantastic support, fantastic venues. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate in the area that we are in the are in D.C. area that there are a lot of things that are within driving distance. Um, so you can, you know, a new triathlete can see what a certain distance race is that's a sprint that's you don't have to put a bike on a plane and go somewhere you can just drive to an event if it's something that's near you um find something that may be you know within the 20 or 30 miles if you're fortunate enough to to have that access um it doesn't have to be an event that has 10,000 participants but it may be 400 or 300 and, and that's fine because you're still going to be in the community you're still going to be part of that race and you have a very good chance of hitting a podium if there are only five other people but <laughs> you know just just go and learn the sport and find that love for the sport itself before you get attached to a name 
I think I think they covered. You said you think they covered it? Yeah, they did a great job. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I'm probably going to throw you guys off a little bit. We gave a little bit of advice on how they can try with the um, purpose. I think it's important for community. Obviously, I love community. And so I want you guys to share with each other how you've made a difference in each other's lives. And this is a part, it's like an early Christmas gift or early holiday gift or early Kwanzaa gift or a belated Hanukkah gift for those who are sharing. So um, I want to take this time now to just get you guys to share with each other how much you've Im improved the value of life, whatever, you know what I'm saying. So now this is your opportunity for Brittany, you to share to Sarah and Jason how much they mean to you and value Sarah, Brittany, Jason, and Jason, Sarah, Brittany. Oh, Jason's like, <laughs> ladies first. Go ahead. I don't have an answer. I just uh, let me. Um, I think okay. I have a I have a few things. I think as a whole together, um, having you two as friends have helps me feel um, celebrated and my uniqueness. <laughs> um, you guys have taught me how to be a good friend and how to how to open up and and rely on the people that are around you. Um, I think Sarah, you're you're really great at that. I, I learn from you, um, like how to be how to be a better friend and how to like support people. Um, and then Jason, I think what I've learned most from you is the the joy and the lens that you look through life I think that has really helped me overall like if things are bad or if I'm sad it's like it's it is okay and it will be okay um but collectively I think like I feel like I'm a special cookie and you guys are like so excited about that and it feels it feels good that um you all see all of me and still choose me every day <laughs> you are a special cookie my favorite kind of cookie <laughs> not a yeah, cookie like Jason was eating on broccoli cookie <laughs> steamed broccoli <laughs> oh so when you said that Mashonda I was initially thinking like how our friendship has impacted like my like tying it all to triathlon, but Brit went so deep. I don't want to be like the, to, to go there. Um, you know, like, I think that like the best friendships and relationships in life are the ones like to Jason said at the beginning, like you can't remember, like, it's weird to think that there was ever a time that those people were not in your life. Um, and where it's like funny when like things come up where you have to like tell them, like tell you to like about something that happened in my life that like you don't know because it was when I was like 18 or, you know, like having to go back and like, explain part of your past. Um, but yeah, I think both of what I love about our relationship is I feel like I'm a middle child and I've never been a middle child, but I have like a sister in Brittany who sometimes she's like my little sister, but sometimes it's like we're the same age. 
Um, and Jason is definitely the like wise older older brother who who will like clown us to to build character, <laughs> but then also come in with a like the sage older brotherly advice. Um, and what had initially come to my mind was like one of the things I love about Brittany is is her approach to trying new things and being so willing to try new things and not be good at it because I am not that way. Um, I want to do well at things and I don't like that feeling of I'm going to try this I'm going to be bad at it or I'm going to look silly or whatever and and she keeps me very like loose and free and like I've learned a lot about how like you shouldn't let the fear of being bad at something stop you from trying something new um and I've definitely learned that from you and um Jason I think keeps you keep me very uh what's the <laughs> like gr- grounded not in like a um like a humility kind of way but grounded in like a like Brittany was saying like it, everything like you could always ever bring everything back to earth like I'll start spiraling this way or like thinking about this or all the way down the line and it's like no just like come back to gra- like bring it to yourself back down to earth Sarah and I think that's something that like you do very well while also managing it with like that silliness and like zest and joy for life. Um, I think the best relationships are ones where you, you have the important things in common. I think we've learned we value a lot of the same things that make it necessary to have a strong friendship, but we are also different in ways that balance each other out. And yes, we have like learned a lot of things from each other. I would have come up with something a lot more eloquent if I had time to to write it down. I'm a I'm a writer and then a talker. So <laughs> Brit's really good of speaking off the cuff. I'm the person who writes long letters and then I give it to you because I need to like rewrite all the words and find the perfect words. You so. seem amazing. That was you great. did great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write you both Christmas cards and say more. <laughs> I love it. I, I I you know, these two have they continue to surprise me on on where they are in my life in the sense of of how much they mean um you know and the parts that they play and you know we've all seen each other at highs and lows you know within triathlon and outside of triathlon um and have been there to either lift up or kick in the butt however is necessary um you know Brittany is fearless more than she recognizes and that's something that I'm always in awe of and and want to be able to try to emulate some of it you know because I will overthink things and I will keep it to myself and won't tell anybody of oh maybe I want to have this challenge or maybe I want to try something um but if I keep it to myself then I don't have to worry about disappointing anybody Brittany is very fearless and wants to just like let's try it let's do it and and that's always been an an awesome trait and and flats or sarah uh i don't know, know the last time i've heard you use that i know i can't call you sarah um you know just her her preparation on all things you know she is the one that will give you a list and break down she will take your goal that you want in life and do everything she can to help you get to it. And she's like, if you just, this is what you need. And then we'll remind you 
that you are capable of doing these things. And so, you know, that's what she has helped me do, whether it's just daily life activity or training for a marathon. Um, and she knows how to push the buttons for each other, for the rest of us. And she does it with a certain finesse that's like, I know what you're doing, <laughs> but you know, it's always for your utmost benefit. You know, she's doing these things because she wants you to be as happy as you want to be and as great as you can be. Um, so I, these two have been blessings, um, truly have been, not just because of the astonishing age difference that we still get along, um, but, you know, they teach me how to do reels on, t on IG. I'll never get on TikTok, but that's just me. <laughs> um, you know, and that's what makes, like Sarah said, everything that we have in common is, is true to the core. Um, our differences are very few, um, but they are what color this little thruple in, in its own little way. I love the thruple. I think what helped to spark this is I was reading this um, beautiful message and it said, nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful life-giving words for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. And what I saw is that when you were speaking life over each other, how you guys were looking and how it made you feel. And sometimes we just need that. And I appreciate that. And sometimes we don't always tell our friends how we truly feel. And I wanted to just give you guys a moment to do this off the cuff, not prepared, Sarah, but just an opportunity to free flow. And you guys did a beautiful job. And I think that's, you know, so needed in this sport is to encourage because you're going to have some super highs and some super lows and life does happen in between and you need good people like Brittany, Sarah, and Jason in your corner. So get you a Brittany, Jason, Sarah, however that looks like in your own world um, or just people who you can try with. I also want to just highlight how these incredible people do some really amazing things outside of sport before we get into our rapid fire. Like Brittany is an artist, like an amazing artist. Like not only does she do non-traditional stuff that black people don't typically do like ice skate and synchronized skating, but she also is an artist, but she's a community, uh, I don't want to say advocate, but you are, you build community. She has this thing that she built called Chocolate City Relays. Brittany, tell people about Chocolate City Relays and what that's all about, what's going on for 2024, and how they can get involved if they want to. Um, thank you, Mashana. That was really nice. Um, Chocolate City Relay is a, a relay, literally, it's a, a relay of um, all Black women that cover all of D.C. Um, but I think what it's, it happens every year, right before Juneteenth, um, it's been, our biggest was about 15 ladies that were running. Um, but what I was going to say is that I think in what it's turned into or what it's evolved and it's kind of like what I hoped it would be is a, is a connector and a sisterhood and a, a bring together of people that love running and that want to amplify voices and that want to support each other versus like being independent. So um, it's really special to me because those 
the ladies that I've ran with over the years are now a part of my tribe. Um, and my whole intention was just that, like, if I can make someone else feel less alone in their journey, in their running journey, then uh, that's kind of my intention. Um, 2024, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's These two have been such a huge help. They really helped it that first year thinking about it in retrospect, like was very ambitious and bold, but these two like really were right there with me, um, figuring things out that I hadn't thought about, that I should, probably should have thought through. But um, 2024, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing around thinking about like, how, how does this evolve? How does it, how does the essence stay true? But um, maybe it evolves the time. So I'm not entirely sure what 2024 looks like, but that's, that's chocolate. Well, where can people find out more about Chocolate City Relays and, and so they, they can follow the journey? We're on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, the handle is Chocolate City Relay. Um, if you don't find that one, you should find that one. You can find mine and it's in my in my bio, but Chocolate City Relay on Instagram. All right. Now, Sarah, we've talked about how Sarah is this amazing sports photographer. Uh, so, Sarah, tell us about Sarah Truett Photography. Um, I got into photography to do sports photography. I like capturing the emotions that people have doing sport, watching sport, training for sport. Um, it's kind of graduated to like, to, to like different subjects and situations since then, but my, my big love is sport. And, um, I like being able to be a female photographer for especially any of the ladies who are participating or training or racing, um, I think it's always a lot more comfortable in some of those scenarios to be um, a have a female face behind the camera. It just makes people more comfortable sometimes. Um, so yeah, I've been, I, this year I'm looking forward to racing less and, and shooting and cheering more. Um, so hopefully we'll be at all of the DC races this year, but not running, then we'll be on the side. Sounds good. Paging Dr. Gibson. Paging <laughs> Dr. Gibson. Is Dr. Jason Gibson available? Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> so Jason is an amazing, amazing physician. Now, how does he balance it all? Only he can tell us. So Jason, tell us a little bit about you being a doctor and what type of medicine you practice. Um, well, it's the balance is really one. I don't sleep a lot. But that has nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. Um, but it's it's. I've been fortunate, you know, with a family, excuse me, family practice group, um, and it's been fortunate where my schedule allows for training and racing because I'm not in a hospital like you know years ago where you may be doing twelve hour shifts or things like that, like residency or during school. So it's more you know nine to five ish, so to speak. Um, and then it just, you know, that's part of the reason why I try to stay as active. You know, everybody has their family history of medical issues and, you know, I'm always running away from diabetes and hypertension because I don't want those things. Um, which is something that is definitely affects my community. Um, and so it's funny when you surround yourself with people who run all the time or bike all the time or try all the time <clears throat> you don't think that you're doing anything exceptional because of the milieu that you're around and then i have people from, from undergrad or grew up with they're like man you're always running you must love running art 
you're doing this. I'm like, no, it, but that is the representation that I like to fulfill. Um, that is, you know, whatever group of that I kind of fit into a demographic of age, gender, you know, size, it's like, hey, you know, it's still possible. And you can still do that while, you know, balancing a work schedule, um, whether it's being a physician or any other act of life. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I've done. You don't have a doctor in your friend group, you should get one, it comes in handy. <laughs> in case of emergency, who to call? <laughs> Aging Dr. Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this has been great. Thank you all so much for just taking time out to just share your story. As you know, on Try Beginner's Luck, we have this really cool segment, which I think is cool, where we get to ask you some really, um, you know, fun rapid fire questions just to get to know you a little bit differently in a fast way. Because I think you all mentioned something about wanting to be fast. So here's your opportunity to be fast. Give us quick, succinct answers. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. The crowd goes wild. All right. Favorite leg of triathlon and why? Bike. Because that's what I'm best at. And I can, that's where I can be as fast as I, I want to be. I'd say swimming. It, it, there's the most room for me to, to get better at that one. Mine fluctuates between the swim and the run. Bike will always be last. <laughs> always <laughs> that is so funny favorite music artist Leslie Odom to train with or in general <laughs> however you want to tell us both outcast hey okay because it speaks for itself clever I, I to train I to train I, I'll do money bag yo. Who? Exactly. <laughs> money bag yo. Money bag yo. It's called money bag yo. Yeah, you play. Actually, I just played the song in your second class. You said I sang with you. You played um a money bag yo song in the cycling class that I joined you in. On that playlist. Oh, you know, I don't know the song. I don't know words to songs. I know beats. So if it's exactly. a beat, I get it. But words, so <laughs> wonderful. I, I, I'm I'm glad that I'm hip to what <laughs> what the um Gen Z Gen Z right? Millennial. Millennial. Okay. 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 I don't even know what. The, I'm an elder millennial, so clearly I, I I don't get it. But okay. All right. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, in general, Leslie Odom Jr. But to train Ying Yang twins. <clears throat> Ying Yang in the spring. Ying Yang Sarah is hilarious. <laughs> you need that. I, I want to see Ying Yang Sarah come out the kit, come out the box. All right. Um, <laughs> morning or evening workouts? Evening. Morning. Prefer morning. It's just hard to make them work in the week because I have to be at work so early, but prefer morning. Swim, bike, run. Rank them in order of preference. Swim, run, bike. Like, favorite at the top, right? Mm -hmm. Swim, run, bike. 
Right now, I'm going to say run, swim, bike. But that'll flop soon. This is a dangerous question. <laughs> bike is first. If I say run is second, Sarah's going to feel like she's won a prize. <laughs> you already did it. At the moment, I'll say bike, run, swim. All right. Best piece of training advice you've received? When I was training for Ironman Maryland in the swim, um, I was getting really nervous, not having panic attacks, but close. Um, and the advice that I, um, I kept getting or I got from like my high school history coach, which is a swim coach, um, and also this other person I know through on was just take it one step at a time, which is like a life lesson, but take it one stroke at a time and then like setting your sights on what's closest to you and then just kind of breaking it down like that. I would say overall best advice I've gotten is you can't train hard all the time. Um, so you have to be very smart about how you're doing things. I'm not saying who gave me that advice but it was somebody on this podcast. Um, but in a specific thing that I would think of that I use when I'm swimming and getting fatigued or getting tired, uh, I just count to 10 with each stroke. And then I just start over. And that got me over two and a half miles of a swim and a couple others um, just by counting 10 strokes at a time. I was going to say that Jason gave me that advice, except I somehow interpreted it as count to a hundred. So <laughs> right. So I, count, so I count to a hundred, usually two or three times just to start. And then by then I've settled in mm. um, and stop wondering if I'm seeing strange things in the water or, or if something scary is going to happen. Um, and then I think the other piece I heard, I think it was Alexi Pappas. I'm not sure how to say her last name. Her coach talks about the 30, 30, I think it's 30, 30, 30 rule, like 30% of the, like a third of the time your workouts are going to suck. A third of the time they're going to be great. And a third of the time they're just going to be average. So like when you have a really bad one thinking about like, this is going to happen <laughs> and it's really doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Taper week. Do you love it or hate it? I, I guess I'll say hate it because I get very restless. And I feel like I'm going to lose all of my fitness in seven days or 10 days, which I know isn't going to happen, but yeah, it, it gets, I get very antsy. Um, that's fine with me. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Sarah, did you answer? Oh, I said I love it. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I love resting. And <laughs> Who does it? Relax very well. <laughs> um, do you like a cheer squad or spectators or just choose to just go out and do it? Yes, as a racer. I like a cheer squad um, because I truly do feed off of the energy of others. Um, sometimes it can come at times that I don't like. Like, I think during my last marathon, Mashanda, I saw you three or four times when I really didn't want to see anybody because I wanted to walk. And you just kept popping up. 
but <laughs> thanks. Um, but in general, I love a cheer squad. It gives me more energy than I could ever describe. <laughs> um, I in theory I like it, but I I love being at a cheer squad and cheering people on. When I'm racing, there's only like a couple of people that I that I want to see that does anything for me. Um, I get kind of like. Uh, you can't hear this motion. <laughs> Narrow-minded. Narrow-minded. Um, and I I like it, but I just, I can't, how do I say this? I don't know how to, race Brittany is not the most engaging person. Mm. <laughs> I, I like it, but you won't know I like it. And you're probably like, uh, but. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> Uh, I like a cheer squad to Jason's point. I think, yeah, the more of them there are, the less likely I am to give up. <laughs> I love it. And final question. Do you pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break? <laughs> I get off the bike. Yeah. Same. Oh, that's why you guys yeah. are friends. And with <laughs> that in mind... <laughs> I think we all collectively are like, there's no race for that serious about that we're gonna. <laughs> it is not making that much of a difference <laughs> in my overall time. <laughs> I was gonna stop anyways. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you all so much for being on the podcast. I've wanted this to happen for a very long time, and I'm really grateful that you were able to carve out some time during this very busy season to meet with me and to to do this. So thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, and to those of you who are listening or viewing this, um, Hanukkah has passed, but I hope you've had a good Hanukkah if that's what you practice. Merry Christmas for those who are uh, who practice Christmas and we'll practice that on Tuesday coming up. And oh, Monday, it's Monday. Oh, Jesus, it's moving too fast. Monday coming up. And on Tuesday, um, Kwanzaa. So happy Kwanzaa to those of you who practice Kwanzaa. And I, I just want to say, love your family, your friends well, whether you want to be with your, your friends who you've called family, this is a time just to be in remembrance of these good things. And I hope that you are inspired by Brittany Green, Sarah Truitt, and Jason Gibson, and their story of friendship of how they started as a, at, with a tri-team, but moved on and uh, became a thruple. 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 I hope I got that right. Friends. 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 Uh, platonic. Platonic. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> the internet is forever. <laughs> and with that... Whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. I'm Mashonda Shines and we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. <laughs>